This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Our next guest is a familiar creature and it's like a fairy tale that we haven't got lost or had to sabotage our way to get her on our airwaves. Thank God for you because sometimes it's my way only. You wanted this next guest on our show as we fell in love with her in lip service. Although she may make me pay for this introduction, let's hope it elicits harmony and not something to fight for. I can say there's never been a girl like you on our show and and you're for keeps. No one can do this better than you can, Heather Peace. Welcome to Her Society. You know what, Heather? I don't do much on a Saturday night, so that took my whole Saturday night. <laughs> Listen, it's something to be proud of. Really. That was superb. Not giggling away. <laughs> Thank you very much, Heather. Heather, we're so excited you're coming to Australia. Have you been here before? I have. You're excited. I'm beside myself. Yeah, I've been um, three times. Um, I was uh, I was in Sydney for Millennium. Um, I'd been once before that. I'd been to Sydney Mardi Gras when I first came out when I was 19 and actually watched um, Fair Day uh, opening ceremony uh, from uh, the, the Opera House steps. So to be coming back sort of all these years later and actually playing there is, uh, I'm so excited. Wow, so you're actually, you've been here a few times. We should give you a citizenship. <laughs> I'd love that if you would, yeah. I've got great friends in Sydney and I've got um, family in Melbourne. Um, so, yeah, and I, and I fell in love with the place and the people. I think um, I'm, I'm from the north of England, from Yorkshire, and I think Aussies are very, very much like Yorkshire folk. You kind of say it how it is. So, um, yeah, I, I find that I get on with people fine out there. It's great. Well, it's absolutely fantastic that you are coming down here again and, yeah, to release your music as well. What's the process been like for you with your new album? It, it's all pretty exciting stuff. Well, it has been. I mean, um, we've sort of reached number seven in the independent charts here in the UK, which is really, it's it's really special because because we are doing it completely independently. Literally, I've got a team of, of two and me. And, um, you know, through social networking and everything else and through the support that I gained through lip service, I was doing the music anyway. It kind of, it was a timing thing. It just all happened at the same time. I wasn't filming, um, so I'd started gigging and then the gigs started selling out because I was on Twitter and I was kind of like, I didn't really know what was going on and we just sort of went with the flow and it, it grew really organically from literally doing um, gigs for 25 people, um, a lot of whom still come to the, the biggest shows, you know, so it's been it's been an absolute blessing, it's just one of those things where you go, gosh, it's all come together at once, you know, I've been a musician all of my life, longer than I've acted, um, but just done it on a very small scale and, and, and suddenly, so, so we're growing it very, very slowly because um, it's, it's just us, you know, and, and, and every year that I that I managed to sell out venues and stuff is, is another year that I'm blessed with. Um, so I'm, I'm, just, I'm just enjoying the ride. <laughs> there seems to be quite a, a legion of uh, lesbian icons who've been on like lesbian-related TV shows and then go off to, to do band work, like Leisha Haley with Aha Her and Kiyomi McCluskey from Hunter Valentine. But the difference with you is you're going solo. You've got no band supporting you. <laughs> No, no, and, and, and that's part, I, I've done everything from literally gigging just myself, I play the piano and the guitar and I write everything, to sort of when we do the UK tour, then I do have a band of, of five, but um, we hire those, they're professional musicians, so what is lovely is it, it is singer-songwriter material that starts its roots, it's a complete song on the piano or a complete song on the guitar, so, it, you know, it's always difficult when people say what, what sort of music is it, it's essentially singer-songwriter and it depends what elements we're able 
it's bring like, for example, coming to Sydney, I've got my amazing young guitarist, Michael Clancy, and it will literally be just me and him. Um, and actually, actually, it's a sound that sometimes I prefer because if you've got a full band, you can't always hear yourself, but it allows for a lot more intricacies when there's just two of you on stage. Um, and he's super, super talented. Um, so yeah, that's, that's what we're bringing out to Australia, obviously. Um, just because it's such a huge thing to, to get everybody out there, you know. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Well, what a perfect launch pad for you to play at the biggest gay festival here in the country. And I think it's a th- the second or the third biggest festival in the world for queer um, people. So, uh, congratulations. I thought it was the biggest. I thought it was the biggest. I'm absolutely thrilled from the support we've had from Sydney Mardi Gras. You know, um, I think I'd sort of said something on Twitter that it'd be amazing if I could. I think because it holds such a special place in my heart from being there when I was 19 and very newly out. You know, I mean, imagine sort of being 19 years old and, and going there and having only just realised who you are. And it was incredible. So, yeah. to be able to go back there you know my late 30s is kind of yeah it's it's just it means so much to me and they approached us I think through what I was saying on Twitter or whatever else and uh, put together a way to get us out there because obviously we need sponsorship to be able to work legally and and all of that stuff and and they've done that for us that's fantastic speaking of the set work how is it all going over there another drama out here that you probably won't get it called Waterloo Road which is just set in a kind of high school um, and I'm a teacher um, wandering around being strict um, which I quite enjoy so yeah I'm on this till Christmas um, and then it's, it's a case of knuckling down in January and getting on with the music um, there's no say so on a third series of lip service um, either way so just got to get on with, with everything else that we're doing I can't sort of put everything on hold of course I'd love to do another one but um, they just don't give us an answer. Yeah, and we're all hanging, like, you know, what's going to... You, you gave us a big cliffhanger in season two, and or not a cliffhanger, you gave us a big tragedy in season two, and we're like, well, what's going to happen to season three? I know, I really hope the BBC do make it. They, <laughs> you know, I think the BBC's, uh, I'm sure you know it's not um, a station that has adverts or anything else. It's funded by the British public, you know, we pay yeah. a licence fee and in that sense it should represent the whole demographic of the UK and I think with it being the only sort of predominantly gay drama, I, I, I really do think that they should they should give us another series, that's how I feel about it. <laughs> well, I totally agree too, Heather. I think um, Australia's behind you too with that one. But speaking of, you know, dramas that have been on TV and have had that commercial exposure, um, have you watched like The L Word or The Real L Word before? Oh, I've watched all of the L Word, yeah. I, I totally loved it. Um, I thought it was groundbreaking stuff. I thought it was um, a series that took all the issues, issue-based drama, and um, dealt with them all. I think that then I felt like the baton was passed to us because the one thing I feel about lip services is it's, uh, if you take that script, you you know, short of a few things, you could you could play that same script and story with, with all gay men or all straight couples. And so uh, L Word did... Uh, amazing things for us by showing this is us getting married, this is us having babies, this is, you know, and then uh, service. what I really love about it is all my straight friends love it because it, all it was saying was this is people living their lives, they just happen to be lesbians. Absolutely, and I completely agree with that too. And I've got to say, who was your favourite character from the L Word? Favourite, oh, it was Bette Porter. Bette Porter, oh, was it the suit-wearing woman thing that got you going? She's just really hot. <laughs> Or did you kind of um, try and channel her through Sam Murray? You know, she kind of wears suits and she's very strong. I'd never 
thought about it. I have to be honest. No, what had happened, the reason why um, I dressed like that, I'd done another show out here called Casualty, and I played a detective, but they kind of gave me that look rather than the classic kind of trouser suit with a jacket. Ah. They, they put me in a shirt with a waistcoat, and they gave me heels. And then straight after that, I got lip service and talked to my costume designer, Leslie um, Abernathy, who's here, who's amazingly stylish, and just showed her the pictures from that and said, basically... I think we should go for that look, but ditch the heels and have some nice, comfortable brogues. Because <laughs> I wanted... The thing is, like, I've always played straight characters and you, you're constantly tottering around and all this. It's so nonsense, isn't it? But I like the idea of, like, having some really sturdy shoes so she could have a swagger and she'd sit with her legs open and was really quite boyish, you know, boyish in that way. Um, that's essentially how I am, I guess. Um, it, it was really... Um, it was a really free experience as an actress to be able to just like wander around with your hands deep in your pockets and all of that. It was cool. That's awesome. So you ditched the heels for sensible shoes. Yeah, I just thought I just thought she's got a strut. She's got a strut and she's got to have a swagger, you know? Absolutely. <laughs> Awesome, Heather. Well, we have a game we like to play with all of our guests. It's called What's Your Number? I've got questions numbered through from 1 through to 50. And um, I'm going to ask you to pick three random numbers between 1 and 50, and I'm going to ask you the corresponding question. Would you like to play? Yeah, go on. Okay, hit me with three numbers. Oh, number 11. Number 11. 11. Okay. Are you allergic to anything? Allergic to anything. Um, I've got hay fever. Oh dear. I forget, I think I've got a cold, I get a scratchy throat and my nose starts running like mad. And then every year I spend two weeks going, oh, this terrible cold, and then I go, oh no, I've got hay fever. And I do it every single year. And then I just take an antihistamine and I'm fine. I don't know how I managed to forget. But yeah, same routine. Same routine. Alright, hit me with another number. 27. 27. Okay. Can you do any accents? Can I do any accents? Oh, God, that's like the worst question. I guess I can do a really quiet posh one. I can do kind of, you know... I mean, you put, you, you, you're putting me on the spot now, aren't you? Yeah. I did, my first job was um, Eliza Doolittle in My Fair Lady, so I had to do posh English and Cockney. Really? But you're going to ask me to do, Yeah, yeah. So the thing is, when you do an accent, it's like... Um, it's like music. There's a musicality to people's voices, isn't there? Yeah, absolutely. Like Australians, you all go up at the end of a sentence. Yeah, absolutely. So, so what you do is um, you have to study it, basically. I'm not somebody who could just put it on, but then if I sit down and actually just listen to it properly and work out what the musicality is within that accent, then I can nail it. See, I was going to ask you for a demo, but I'm going to need time. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I mean, I love it. I love a challenge. <laughs> Fantastic. And hit me with one lucky last number. Okay, um, 32. 32. Okay. Do you know any jokes? Do I know any jokes? Yeah, yeah loads. Can, can you share so, one with us? Do you want me to tell, yeah. me to tell you one? Yeah. Oh, my God. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> a <laughs> rabbit goes into a bar. A rabbit goes into a bar, right? And he says, I'll have a cheese toasty, please. The barman says, um, are you sure? He says, yes. He eats his cheese toasty and he leaves. He goes in the next day and says, I'll have a cheese toasty, please. The barman says, oh, you had that yesterday. All right, there you go. Gives him his cheese toasty. The rabbit eats it and he leaves. Comes in the third day and says, I'll have a cheese and ham toasty. The barman says, are you sure? You normally just have cheese. He says, no, I'll have cheese and ham. Eats the cheese and ham, leaves. The next day the rabbit comes in and he's a ghost of a honey rabbit. The barman says, what happened to you? He says, I died of mixing my toasties. <laughs> One involves carrots as well. Oh, really? Can you tell that one? Rabbit in bar jokes. Can you tell that one? Do you want the rabbit? 
All right, Rabbit goes into a bar. He says, I'll have a pound of carrots, please. Barman says, I don't do carrots, it's a pub. So he goes, goes in the next day, says, pound of carrots, please. He says, told you yesterday, we don't do carrots. I get lost. Goes in the third day, says, I'll have a pound of carrots, please. He says, right, if you come in here one more time and ask me for a pound of carrots, I'm going to nail your paws to the bar. Ooh. So goes in the next day, says, have you got any nails? He said, no, well, I'll have a pound of carrots, please. <laughs> No, you know what? When you come to Melbourne, when you come into our studio for an interview, um, we're going to have to tell all these rabbit jokes. We're going to have to slot out an hour of rabbit oh my jokes. God. You can just, just watch your listening figures just plummet. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get it up on the screen and watch how many people check out. <laughs> It'll be Revolutionly Radio. <laughs> I love it. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast, brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.